Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we're back. Hey yep. guys. Still oh, here. hey. Oh, hey. oh, not planning oh, hey. on going anywhere anytime soon. Hey, no, no, no. Um, an Eichel trade might happen anytime now. Breaking uh, news. No, not yet. No, we have a breaking rumor a breaking tremor a breaking breaking click in the titanic plates breaking teaser there you go breaking teaser this is from not long ago from kevin leaks and by we're going to talk a lot about shovel day and batman and all that in a little while but um this is from kevin weeks really great guy um quote for all asking my understanding is the flames have kachuk an upcoming first round pick, a former first round pick, so probably someone drafted in the first, um, and two prospects in the Ico sweepstakes with Buffalo. We know from Emily Kaplan's report yesterday that the two finalists are Vegas and Calgary, and as, as she puts it, the trade is at the one yard line. So we're all on the sort of, um, we're the refs looking down the line to see if it's going to be good or um, it's not. I don't know football that well, so I don't know what the other term would be. But offside, there's offsides in that sport too. So in football, there yeah, we go. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So that's gonna be. So how has this trade not happened? By the way, that you have a player who may not play this year, <laughs> they're gonna have to give up a significant player, and then um, you know, <laughs> how player Buffalo doesn't want to go to it? Buffalo. Like, how does Vegas beat that package? By the way. So I, I I just went to go look at Vegas right now because uh, if we're comparing the two packages, right? So it's a first. Can you read it out again? Sorry. Um. So it's basically Kachuk. Yep. Um. A player who is um a former first over first round pick. Okay. A first round pick upcoming. Okay. And two prospects, so five assets, which I is pretty sure exactly what Buffalo wanted the whole time. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure how. Um. Vegas beats this trade. I mean, I'm sure they can put a package similar in terms of what they're giving. It's just the value of what Calgary can give is so much higher Um, Mm -hmm. because according to, I think it was Merrick and Friedman, Peyton Krebs is off the off. Like he's untouchable for whatever reason, whatever. So it, it really leaves you with not a whole lot to give up since, you know, you traded the three first round picks you got in your first in your first year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had even one of those guys, like I wonder how much Cody Glass changes the look at look for this trade. Whatever, that's besides the point. It's just I don't think Vegas have the capital to compete with that trade. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, No worries. Um, I think Vegas could really throw a lot of, I guess, like certain assets, but there's so many unknowns to it that the Matthew Kachuk thing just pushes it over the edge for me that he's still so young. He's a guy that I think is going to keep getting better. Mm -hmm. And he's just someone that 
I said in my tweet that I'm actually shocked that they added him here yeah. because I really saw him as a building block that I'd put over Johnny Goudreau, that I put over oh, that yeah. entire defensive core, a guy who even Kevin Weeks said in his tweet, a potential future captain, somebody that I thought that was going to help instill or at least ride, ride it out and see how they're going to establish a winning culture there again. And for this to happen, for them to kind of, because they've been okay this year, right? Like if this trade actually goes through, it does take them a step back, at least for now until Eichel's fully healthy. May I provide a theory as to why they're not... What was the famous um, Boston clip? He may be a good player, but does he fit our culture? We know it's a divided room, and we know for some reason there is some sort of um, loyalty to Goudreau and Monaghan, which I do not understand. Now, if you look at this offseason, by the way, Flames are going to look a little different next year when you think about it. Because the following players are up. Zadorov, that guy just keeps showing up. Um, Eric Goodbranson, another guy who keeps showing up. Uh, Michael Stone, who will come back. Oliver Killington, you see that goal he had last night, by the way. That was pretty sick. Has arbitration rights. Um, Tyler Pitlick, Brett Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, uh, Brad Richardson is still around in the league. Andrew Mangiapane is an RFA this year. Arbitration rights. We know Goudreau is up. And so is Kachuk again, with arbitration rights and what just happened with his brother. Maybe they see there's an easier route to go now with Manjapani, who, again, is also a holdout, I just realized. Remember, he was that one RFA. We're like, who the hell is this guy? And now he's good. So maybe they don't see that. Maybe there's been some discussion. It just hasn't quite been where it is. But, I mean, first off, if this happens... Now, this is one of those examples where we have the discussion and there's no need to talk about it next episode because it's going to happen. Yeah. It's a good trade. It really is. Like, if you can pull that off, I don't care what you're really going to give up. Because if you if you lock up, obviously, Goudreau and he's elevated because he'll play with Eichel and that's a pretty <laughs> nasty guy, that's going to be Team USA for a long time when you look at it. And Manjapani all of a sudden. You still have Backlund's around there. Another year for Monaghan to figure it out. And Lindholm's got some years left. The team is all of a sudden like, I can see that. Not to mention McDavid Eichel. Battle of Alberta. 1-2 draft that year. Tell me that's not juicy. And and I like think... It. Sorry, no, go ahead, Daniel. Oh, no, I was just saying I like it a lot. And we, we didn't mention the defense where I think they, they're a very underrated defensive core. Yeah, like I think we don't know or we've had this issue with trying to figure out what Noah Hannafin is. Um, and then you look at Rasmus Anderson and then you got Chris Hanab there. There was that fourth spot that we're like, uh, who's it going to be? And we were kind of just filtering through names. But I think what they have, like Oliver Shillington stepped up, uh, that's a guy who could easily go there. Valamaki too. Valamaki as well. Well, I'm just assuming Valamaki's in the trade at this point. Yeah. At this point, like he's got. I I assume he's he's a one of those pieces. But they they have a decent decor to go along with that that uh, forward core. Like I I can't you can't complain. I actually thought it was going to be Connor Zary being included in the trade. That was the prediction I kind of had for now. For now. Dylan Dubé is he a first rounder? No, he's a second rounder. Uh, Really. Yeah. That's a good pick. I'm just thinking Team Captain Canada must have been a, a first rounder. 
Um, we won't take the time to go through every first round pick. <laughs> Maybe it's Sean Monahan. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I'm just saying. Um, that'll be fun. Hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. Um, by the way, look at Vegas. I just decided to quickly just have a check. Um, on IR, Mark Stone, Nolan Patrick, Zach Whitecloud. On LTIR, um, Jake Bischoff. That's not a real person. Um, Alex Tuck and Max Patch already. Uh, they, um, they're not in a great way right now. And Liam technically... Carlson, he just broke his foot. Oh, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. So he'll be on LTIR for a month or so. So, you know, maybe if they if they can get it done with the LTIR room, they could have him on there for the... Re- it's not impossible, but just when you think of the the value, as I think you mentioned earlier, Alex, it's just um, it's difficult to see compared to that Calgary um, package. It really is. Um, all right, anything else you want to touch on with Eichel on that, or no? I'm afraid to get off this broadcast because I have a feeling that it's gonna break right when we end this. Man, I have Twitter open. I have Twitter open. Okay. Remember when we stopped recording the Arizona Coyotes were like um, penalized for the draft combine stuff and then we yes, came yes. back and we're like, hey, it's happening. <laughs> That's the good thing. Yeah, it's been, we've had some, we've had some, we've had some cues. Didn't... Is that like a remix? <laughs> I like stopped and came back. Didn't Hughes break like hours after recording? Anyway, anyway. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of the Coyotes and how they were punished, um, the commissioner spoke. Ah, Mr. Bettman did. We're also going to, don't worry, we're going to talk about stuff like Brad Aldrich and the sort of Don Fury stuff too. But first, the commissioner spoke the other day, him and um, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly. And um, I think we kind of teased as the Aldrich and more, I should, I should call it the Kevin Beat stuff. Right as all of it started really unraveling, like last week, um, we sort of just hinted, like, what's going to happen to Batman here? And I kind of had this thought looking at this press conference. Um, I don't know how much longer Gary Batman's going to last as commissioner of the NHL. I don't think it will be soon he's gone. But as the days go on here, I'm starting to question it. Um, now, the point has been made very much, and so I'm going to be echoing a lot of people here. Sorry if you've heard this, but this was a press conference that needed to be um, emotionally intelligent, as one person called it. I think it was Adam Wild. Uh, it needed to have some empathy in it. Guys like Jeff Merrick have said uh, there needed to be compassion from the commissioner and um, the deputy commissioner. We've all heard them talk before. I think sometimes Daly can have a laugh, but Batman. Um, no. And we saw it yet again, and it was the normal talk of lawyer speak, failing to commit to anything, being on record, saying anything. It was emotionally empty, uh, or I should say emotionally bankrupt, I think is a good word to use there. Um, before we get to some of the specific stuff, um, and I hate doing this, but I'm going to steal something from Adam Wild, and I'm going <laughs> to ask you to, how did you guys feel watching that that press conference? Because I, for one, was extremely frustrated watching it. And I'll start with Alex here. Oh, okay. um, I, yes, I was very frustrated, like, watching it just because, not that I didn't, I got stuff from it. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't. I got stuff from it. It was just all the wrong things to get from it. And I think I pointed it out uh, a couple days later. The 
it was the like the body language just threw me off the, the their body language uh while talking like they were their body language was saying one thing but the way they were talking was something completely different and it just threw me for a loop batman looked annoyed like the way there's this one shot i want to say in the back half and he's just tapping this table tapping this table i'm thinking you have the nerve to be mad right now sorry daniel how did how did you feel watching it or how are you consumed it okay um I think that he was annoyed, and this is just a theory I have, because probably their lawyers primed them like crazy to make sure that they just, you know, go along with what just needs to be said and just say something to it. Because I went in to the press conference knowing that I was going to be disappointed, knowing that, again, like we talk about the culture, we talk about what's already been said on so many previous um, cases or even like previous incidences that I went in knowing I was going to be disappointed and it's still that same feeling. I know that there's still that level of understanding that, yeah, like there's something he gave to the media for them to talk about, but again, it's just, it's just short and they were all, they were all short and to the point. And I don't know. I think there's potential here now, not from Batman, but from the league. And it's, it'd been mentioned before Alan Walsh, we know his, tweet that maybe there is that greater level of understanding now from the owners for management that they have to say like yeah listen we have to kind of really address this now and we can't just let it be something again that they forget about i i just i saw the alan walsh tweet as well um and, and listen, man, I love Alan Walsh. Like, I agree with plenty of things that he says. To what extent is it, like, whatever. It's just depending on the situation. I take what he he wrote in terms of owners being upset with a grain of salt. Obviously, you like, he's a, he is an agent. He is obviously always going to be pro player. I don't know his relationship with the owners, but I'm careful in saying, I, I'm careful in saying that, the owners want him gone. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's just what my opinion, like, do I agree with it? Not necessarily. Like I, I think maybe we're past the point of what Gary Bettman was brought in to do. I, I very much believe that. Um, I just, I'm weary of saying that the owners want him gone. Um, so for context, it's three tweets here. I'll just read them quickly. Again, this is from Alan Walsh's Twitter account. Uh, Alan Walsh, who we know is never afraid to voice his opinion. It's quite refreshing, actually. Yeah. And I mean, he is an agent, so I'm sure there are some owners. I mean, some GMs out there. They're like, oh, Alan, what do you mean you want three years at 6.5? I want to give you 6.1. Anyway, uh, so here's the first tweet. Quote, I'm hearing this morning that several NHL owners are, quote, very concerned and unhappy with Bettman's leadership. I think even the owners realize it's time for a change in the NHL and culture. Only changes from the top down. It is time to, in all caps, fire Bettman. Uh, second tweet, from the way Gary has mismanaged the horrific events in Chicago to his refusal to acknowledge a link between traumatic brain injury and CTE, for doing nothing to help retired players, for calling the NHL a, quote, family, for the Department of Player Suspensions, for the way the game is marketed, for the lack of any coherent global strategy, for turning his back on issues like painkillers, ambient and 
Teradol, sorry. Uh, Teradol abuse for his lack of empathy and caring for his three lockouts and all the lies. It's time for Gary to go. I think definitely what, what I'm surprised he didn't say in his installation of the salary cap. Um, it feels like he, what Allen did very well there was remind people when right now people I don't think are on Twitter reading some of this stuff more than now was he did a very good job of Besides this stuff with Chicago, he has just basically pointed out everything wrong with Gary Bettman's tenure as as yeah. commissioner. He's done stuff well. Um, we have have complimented Gary a fair bit on the show for what he's done for the game in the states. I mean, doesn't probably do a lot of that without Rain Gretzky being an LA King, but um, and I know he came in '93, died, shut up. You know what I mean? Um, and honestly, but then we forget how the game has been treated in Canada by the commissioner. Go listen to our episode with Will Baldwin for that. Um, but I, I do think what I will say is I'm a bit. Listen, I don't. I I I won't doubt that there are some owners in there. It's just are the important ones concerned, aka the worst kept secret in hockey. Besides the like the amount of cocaine players take, um, how does Jeremy Jacobs feel about this? Is how I really think about it. Right. Because and again, I think it's the commissioner needs what like I think it's eight owners to still be cool with them. Or I don't quote me on that, but the the thing I think maybe that he that Alan didn't include or Alan Walsh did not include in that in that tweet, and I think it is important, um, is the. At the end of the day, if the owners want Gary there, the owners are going to keep Gary there. And he listed all these things that that the that Gary Bettman and Co. have done. Uh, and he's still in 2021, and he is still commissioner of this league. So I, I get he's listing all these things, but the owners have some point would have said, well, come on, Gary, like this isn't how we want to run the organization, like how we want to run the league. Like that's an important thing to think of The Gary Bettman is in my opinion, in a way, an extension of the owners, like he represents the owners. So mm-hmm. what he does is also a representation of the owners. So those things he's done in the past, well, the owners don't seem too pissed off about it or pissed off enough to kick him out. I think, you know, uh, this is a theory of mine. If Mark Chipman had not had that quote in his press conference, that was the Kevin Shale day, the Kevin Sheffield day of I know would have acted in 2011. That was the moment where I realized I know why you're still hired right now is the owner had his back. Um, now, by the you know, we're, we'll get to that conference later because I think, I think Chipman said the right things and you can tell for certain points he was being quite honest. Um, Another sort of, we're going to go into some of the talking points here. So the, the big one, I think that's going to upset like us three in particular, was sort of the the way, and this is not as serious as some other stuff that's going to be talked about in a second here. We will talk about the Sheldon Kennedy. Let's see, we'll talk about that first. So Pierre Lebrun, who later on made sure that the NA had made the comment about maybe you should be taking a question from Rick Westhead here, um, asked mm-hmm. about or mentioned how Sheldon Kennedy has not been in con the league have not contacted him now for anyone who doesn't know because i don't blame you i'm not super familiar with 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 the whole sheldon kennedy thing i looked it up 
Um, he was sexually abused by his name is Grim James. This is also the guy who sexual and admitted to sexually assaulting Theo Fleury in his junior career. So again, that was the guy admitted it. So of course, now the big thing that Batman said in response to Pierre LeBrun saying, "Why has he not been?" It was a it was a passing note, but it was so just sort of. I'm getting a little annoyed thinking about it here. Um, Batman threw this side thing of like, oh, we're trying to talk to people. This is, there's no concrete details of we're going to do it on this day, this day. And then he had this little dig that was like, it didn't happen at the NHL level. Yeah. And it's just another layer of Batman always being like, if it didn't happen at the NHL, we don't care. And it's again, him ignoring the issues of hockey. And it's, it's just, it is, it is probably what owners love the most about Gary, about his focus in the NHL and them. But when it comes to the sport itself, it is the, the biggest criticism against him that if it's beyond the borders of the NHL, he is blind to it. It's sickening to say that. And and, and that's kind it is. It's just like it, it, that very much rubby, not in a great way. Um, and, and I think that goes back to the point. I, I was making earlier in what he was brought on to do is he's still doing the same things he was brought on to do in 1993. I think it was, was to kind of get the NHL under control. Like it wasn't great. Like owners, the owner's situation was, you think now it's bad with Arizona. It was obviously much worse years ago, but to grow the NHL, that's what his job, what he was brought in to do. And we're at a point where he has like, and it's not him. He's obviously the owners want him to do this too. Like we, we can't just pin it on Batman at this point, the owners and Batman have to understand that this is beyond we're beyond the point of growing the NHL. We're at a point where, you know what? The NHL is in decent standing. Why don't we try to grow the game, the game of hockey? Because every other, like look at the NBA, the NBA that went into women's basketball they created the WNBA. They're now going into Africa along with Masai Ujiri. Like the, I'm not saying copycat the NBA, but they, they've done that in the past and it's kind of worked. Yeah. It's not, we're not saying copy them, but we're kind of like. Get some different copy. voices in. I think that's maybe, a big thing too. Uh, Masai, he mentioned that as well, where, and again, I'm not comparing it, but I'll use an example as he uses Toronto as a major example where, yeah, it is a big market in terms of sports, but that's what he loves about it, where he always says there's different voices and different perspectives that goes into it. And for the NHL, again, like we always talk about where it's not growing. It is something that a lot of the owners, I feel like they're just like, it's good as it is. And we've had a different standard before on what we expect from the players or in terms of responses. Let's keep it that way. Let's, in a way, and I'm not saying this is like, the truth to it but it's like eliminate like the human side to it if that makes sense yeah to me it seems like they're not no one wants to take major risk obviously any move you make there's going to be risk but no one's mil- willing to take the major risk of growing the game no one another pretty we mentioned it um so i think the if you look up the video so I want to say 54-ish minutes is the um, is the total press conference with Batman and Daly. Um, it's funny, uh, Sportsnet actually disabled the comments on it, um, which tells you all you need to know. 
Um, and the like to dislike ratio was also uh, reflective of how you probably thought it was going. Uh, and um, so 47 minutes is how long it took them to let Rick Westhead ask a question. Uh, again, Pierre Lebrun, who... Listen, for those of you who don't know, if you just watch like TV and your occasional insider trading, you'll, you'll see Pierre Lebrun. He's not like... Like he obviously he's in, he knows stuff. He's got the connections. He's a pretty important insider, right? Um, you know, you know that. Um, in Quebec, you're gonna know him that if there's like on the LDS shows, he's on the intermission, right? Um, he's not like Freeman or McKenzie in that regard. But what he is is one of the first writers I really started, you know, following when I was like, I want to talk about sports, and AK kind of one of the pillars of the athletic on the hockey side. It's Pierre. So I thought, and I don't, we've only kind of seen in Twitter in passing being like, good job to this person, this person. But I just want to give a shout out to Pierre Lebrun, to the commissioner and the deputy commissioner saying, I want, you know what? I hope my colleague gets a question here. And the question that Rick asked was, I'm going to paraphrase here. Um, we know that um, Kyle Beach and his family, apparently the commissioner said to him, you know, if you and your family need counseling, we'll provide that to you and all the help you need for as long as you need it. So Rick asked a very good question, in my opinion. Um, the boy who, the Michigan um, victim of Brad Aldrich, who was sexually assaulted, Brad Aldrich was um, convicted for it, registered sex offender. Um, would the NHL provide him counseling or any support he needed? The commissioner turned around and said, I need all the details. I need more details for that. It's funny that all he has to do is look at Rick Westhead's Twitter feed and he know. That is... I feel like that line is going to be Gary Bettman's legacy. Because there is... It's another example of him just not committing. It's not even just not committing. It just shows, again, there's just no compassion in the man. It, it's a responsibility. If I, That's how I felt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, listen, my hands are like, you know, I wash my hands of this I affair see. and everything. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy you want. That's, that's the way I see it. Because you know, and sir, I'll throw it to you here in a second, Alex. But you know what the thing was? And again, every time Gary has talked, it's been like the owners didn't know, Rocky Warts didn't know. Because here's the problem. And there's that whole thing in the John Doe two case about that reference, right? That apparently the the Hawks denied exists, and I don't think it's been found yet. Because if it's an NHL franchise, you're the commissioner of the league, and it was somehow proved that your negligence led to Brad Aldrich getting the job in Michigan, and then that led to what happened with the kid, I almost wonder, and this is pure speculation by me, that if it's Gary seeing that if we're acknowledging it and we're lending support to this, this, this victim and his family, who from all accounts apparently was destroyed by this, it's them almost admitting fault. And when has Gary Bettman ever been accountable? When has he ever said, I'm sorry? Because I don't think he ever has. No, 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 he hasn't. Um, the that line you said, I need to, I need to know more, or I don't know, oh. is it, it's the it's the line of the investigation for every single press conference, every single press release, and we'll get to the Kevin Shovel Day off one, but like I just, I heard it so much where it's like, I don't know if I believe you 
Like it was, I, I maybe believed you the first time and the second time, but when I got to the third time, I'm like, like it, it's getting to a point where you really didn't have these answers. Like, how is it that you don't know? Or like, like it's just, come on. Like, he doesn't want to confirm anything is from what my take well, is. And it's, yeah. yeah. And it's not even just Batman, right? Like every press release, look at like the Scotty, Bo- uh, Scott Bowman. Um, oh my God. Scotty ben. Bowman, Stan Bowman. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Stan Bowman one. I- he was passing the blame on to someone else. Well, I knew I thought someone else was going to do it. Uh, Kevin Chevodeya. Well, I didn't know. Or, and this it's like, but you did like, it's there. It's, it's like, oh, I should have been better. I know that was a big line he also said, too. The line that Gary kept using with Chevaldeov is he expected his superiors to do it. Well, by that logic, logic, does that mean Bowman should have a job to Gary Bettman's viewpoint? Because he also made it very clear. I thought um, I thought McDonough was going to take care of it. If there wasn't an understanding in Chicago, and we don't know what happened behind closed doors, obviously, and it came to the point where he needed to have a meeting. Would it have been the same then? That's what I'm starting to wonder because Bowman sung like a bird, did he not, in that entire thing. Now, Shevel Dayov, again, there's less in that world. There's next to nothing about him in the report. The Jenner and Block one is what I'm referring to. But, you know, you see what I mean? It's like, so by your logic, Gary, and he'd probably say different circumstance, knowing him. Well, then Joe Quenville should have a like Joe Quenville I said, well, someone else was going to deal with it or, or whatever. Like, this is the point we're at. So it's just confusing. Like, who's are we going to put responsibility on someone or are we not? Because to me, we're putting responsibility on a couple people here. And it's like, well, no, there's more than a couple people involved. Like, there was a meeting. Who was at the meeting? Who knew? That's it. Like, there's no... Okay, let me, and I think they brought this up. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but no worries. If you were in this meeting and it was assumed that it's okay, I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff. Kevin Sheveldayoff says, Well, I thought someone else was going to deal with it. Two weeks, three weeks down the line, you're at the Stanley Cup parade and you see Brad Aldridge, which we know he did, he was there. Would you not be like, well, wait a second. What's going on? Why here? is he still here? So, and and just just quickly, and from what Shevel Dayoff claims is he didn't know there was a sexual assault. It was to do with a, a relationship or something between player and coach, which Batman made very clear, by the way, it's still an unprofessional relationship. <laughs> I don't talk yeah. about Shevel Dayoff, but, but still there is still a thing of, there is still a relationship between two people, or in this case, I should say, there is an alleged relationship between a, 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 a person of authority, a, a coach, no matter what the role, a coach and a player. In that situation, you know that is a black ace trying to get onto the team, and why is there... And he talked about apparently like um, uh, phone calls or, or, or pictures. I don't think I have to really spell this out, why that's probably still a red flag. You let the entirety of the series go. Not even just that, if it's like, oh, Stanley Capri, we're all excited. Like, still, you've completely missed on this. Not, what to, not to mention the multiple celebrations afterwards you still see him at. There are multiple pictures that Jenner and Block have on their investigation. Like, in the report, they have like four or five different things of Aldrich being there. 
So, you know, what am I missing here? Because it, it's it's still, it's what people said about Bergevin, right? It's like, okay, so he either is lying and new, or he's yeah. just garbage at, at his job when he was player of person, like, sorry, of, of director of player personnel. With Chevy, you're like, man, you're an assistant GM. It doesn't matter what. And someone at the press conference with Chevrolet was like, they pulled this old article of him talking about his job as being AGM. And basically he was like, he was like, when Bowman was away, I was doing his job. And it was really, really good to show like what his whole job was. You know what I mean? Like you were, yeah, you were in charge of scouting in the salary cap, but dude, you were right there. You were right there. How many times have we seen a game? Like, watch a Vegas Golden Knights game, and they will cut, and you will see McCrimmon and um, McPhee there. Now, that's mm-hmm. president and GM, but they're together. You know, like they are next to each other. Go watch a Leafs game. Uh, they're always together. I, I may, maybe not so much uh, now, but I know in the past, like pre-COVID, Pridham and or Gilman and Dubas we're in that room. Like we're in the press box every time they, they pan to them. Shanahan, Shanahan was there sometimes too. Like yeah, did it, it has 11 years gone by and things changed that much. So it's either negligence in your garbage at your job, which you clearly weren't because you were so well thought of. You were hired <laughs> in Winnipeg. Yeah. So, and then like, 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 listen, it was great that they were going. It wasn't like it was like, oh, God, here come the Thrashers, and everyone was so excited about that roster. No, no they were not. Pretty sure they still had a Vander Kane back then, did they not? Yeah, they did. Daniel, yeah, yeah. there you go, my historical He was like reference. 20, 21 at the time. And probably was still getting in trouble back then. <laughs> um. Anyway, but no, there's just... And, and the last thing we can talk about from Gary's press conference here oh, yes. is is when they throw it over to, to Daly, and he's like... Yeah, so we've concluded the Akeem Alou investigation, oh and we're in contact with his lawyer. It gets tweeted out, that quote, and immediately, almost as he's, he probably had it drafted, Akeem Alou's representatives tweeted out saying, yeah, no, we haven't been in contact at all, actually. Straight up lied. Just a straight lie to the media. I, it, it, was, it was almost now comical. Now that, um, now, <laughs> yeah, it was comical. Uh, now that that is out there that they that the league said the alu investigation was done alu's representative said no this is not done all the all the journalists who um who said who you know are now so hard on this story or so on top of this story should be using their time to talk about this man like this is all this is very important this is Two years ago, I, it doesn't feel like it, but it was two years ago where all this came out and they started the investigation. And I think if you want to, if these guys, these journalists want to hold to their world word and uh, when they said that we're going to be there next time, the, next time is right now. Like yep. this is like, yes, the Chicago story is still going on, but once this is, this is all done, dealt with, and who knows how long that will take. The Akeem Alou story is literally right there for the picking. So take, like, prove it. Prove it. I know people were saying that Chevel Dayov was in charge of the Ice Hogs. Everything I kept seeing was he was about scouting and, again, the cap. But if it's true and he, if his job was taking care of Rockford, he would have been around and in charge of Rockford or maybe even off by a year. But you're telling me he didn't know about 
Bill Peters and Akeem Alou then? Um, no. no. You know, there's something special almost when you're living through moments like, like I was thinking to myself again the other day, how do I tell if I ever have kids? Because they're loud and they smell and they're noisy. I always used to think to myself, like, how do I tell my kids what COVID was like? And I was also thinking to myself, I'm like, man, we are probably living through right now what might be the most important story in NHL history. And um, right now, the big players are almost unanimously doing the wrong right now. Um, now, I think it's fair to move on now to um, over to um, the Shovel Day Off stuff. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah. Okay. So um, this was with Mark Chipman who's the head of North um, Entertainment, like the guys who own the Jets, True North. Um, and he was with Shovel Day Off. It got delayed a day um, because Chipman was sick. I think he had vertigo or something. Um, opens the press conference, and he, he didn't go into too much detail. But he did say that this was personal to him, and apparently he has a relationship with Sheldon Kennedy too. You could tell that there was um, sincerity there. The press conference opened with two statements from both. Um, I don't think it was perfect from Chevy. I, I, in fact, I, I still don't think he should have a job, um, but that's still, that's me. Um, and what I did like, credit to the Jets, even though it's kind of weird to give them credit for this. So they were, yeah, they were alternating between in-person and Zoom questions. So the first one was in-house, you get that. Second one was on Zoom. Who did they ask first? Rick Westhead. And he, the first thing Rick said was, thank you for the, for taking the question. I was like, <laughs> I just kind of paused and like, yeah, yeah. It's a shame he had to say that. Um, what did you guys, I'm going to ask the same question here. How did you guys feel? What did you make of the Chevy press conference? Um, I mean, the bar was, I, I liked, I think I sent you the Mike Stevens article yeah. that put it very well. I'm just going to pull it up really quick here, but it, it's like, the bar was on the floor and the Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Jets stepped over it. That's not an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And I think that sums it up pretty well by Mike Stevens. Yep. Mike Stevens, 81, not the other Mike Stevens, just mm -hmm. to be clear. Again, like, is what I, I expected going in. I was disappointed. I was going to be disappointed whatsoever. And it was the same responses over and over again in terms of responsibility, in terms of not really wanting to recall anything or say anything concrete. And I think like Kevin Sheldayoff, it's just, I think for him, there is that, I'm not like a severe point of desperation, but there are, there is that tone where he knew that he had to say something to really save his job where I know he had support from true North, but really like when I compare that with the Joel Quenville one, it was kind of, at a point where he's like, okay, listen, I have to say something, show some level, not a huge level, but some level of remorse, but it's not a whole lot. He did more than I think, he did more than Bowman did, who didn't even mention yeah. Kyle. Um, hmm. He didn't even mention, or at the time, I think when Bowman put that statement out, it was still just John Doe. Um, um, he did say, there was one, there are two big takeaways I had from it. Um, one was... How Shevardayov, and it was the proper thing to say, but he's like, someone asked him, it's like, you know, I think it was, it was Rick Westhead. He asked, you know, I've been talking to Kyle the last few days, and, you know, he feels that everyone involved should have some sort of form of punishment. Shevardayov said this thing of everyone's being punished at different levels. Take without what you will. 
Um, but it was he said this line. I'm going to paraphrase again here. Of I'm in a position where I can still make a change within hockey. Um, he had this really weird line when he was like, I went down to the room, I made a big speech, and then I got a round of applause from it. No one cares. Um, I don't care if Blake Wheeler was like, boy Chevy, because you were still part oh, of this. That seems so accurate. Up. I don't know if I think of Blake Wheeler. And, yeah. I, uh, yeah, but you know what I mean, though, right? Yeah. But, but no, I'm just, he didn't say that. Oh, but he didn't say Blake Wheeler got up and gave me a fist bump going, hurrah, but you know, like he's Sergeant Johnson in Halo 2. Um, Alien, whatever. But like, you, you see my point here again. Even though there is evidence, or so I shouldn't say evidence, because I'm not 100% on the legal thing here, but there's still a report out there that indicates you knew about. You can say if it was sexual assault, or even if it was your thing, an unprofessional relationship between coach and player, which is what he, the line he drew in the sand. That, and there was another line. Someone asked him, So what about when you said uh, you didn't know about any meeting? And he said, Well, there's context here. I was referring to people saying there was a meeting involving Paul Vincent, which, as we know, the meeting referred to at the end of the third round in 2010. Um, did, like I said, Mike, Mike Isaac, it had, um, it had Gary, it had all those guys. That one did not have Paul Vincent in it. So it was almost like, um, I'm not lying technically, but I am. It's so annoying that he said that. Well, it was obviously the way, yeah. like it was lawyer. He had like, that ready. He had yeah, that, he, he had the tele- he had that teleprompter ready. in the back of the room. Yeah. He did. He did. Like it, it was clearly lawyered um, in the way it was, in the way it was written. Like it was very, uh, I think the word I'd use is it's very deceiving in the mm-hmm. way it was written uh, that it made it, he was telling the truth, but it's like, well, like, come on, like you're kind of lying, but. I'm telling the truth. Like I'm not going to be as straightforward as possible. Yes, it was deceiving. It was that's I will say it was. Yeah, I'm not going to come off as a sweating weasel like Gary when I am a complete smartass to you. But I'm still going to be like ah well like there were answers where he paused, but for that one he's like well you know context like that's when you knew he was he was prepared. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Was lawyered basically? Yeah, there are a few times when like you just see like. Obviously, when, when sometimes when, when Gary and, and Bill were talking, you know, you'd see them just kind of look at each other for something. Every time I saw Chipman just sort of turn around and look at Chevy, I'm like, I wonder if he's thinking, like, your story better be straight from what you're telling me here, dude. Yeah. Because, again, it's like, when one thing from, from what Chipman said was the whole thing of, like, the, the Chevy I know. I just kind of thought of this now. The Jonathan, the, the Stan Bowman that Jonathan Taves knows. It's clearly not the Stan Bowman that, you know, failed to follow up with John McDonough as he claims it. Or, you know, so he didn't say that, but you know what I mean? The one who claims that, you know, it was John McDonough. That yeah. wasn't the Bowman who had a part in that meeting, but I digress. Um, one last note we should probably mention here on the controversial stuff, unless you guys have anything else to add with the Chevy and uh, Chipman stuff. Yeah, I, I just think... Um... I think the same goes for what I said about uh, the journalist before and the Akeem Alou stuff. There were things that the way Chipman and Cheveldayov were talking, there were some promises in a way mm-hmm. made uh, in terms of, you know, making sure this doesn't happen uh, again, advocating for change again, like they've made these promises. They've said these, that said these things out loud 
they need to be held accountable. I personally don't, I, in my beliefs, I don't think Kevin Shevelyev should be the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, but he is. I, I don't know what, what to say about that. Um, but again, it's now on the journalists to make sure that they're going to do that. Hold them accountable. Like they were given a second chance, whether people like it or not, they were given a second chance. And now the journal, like we have to make sure that they are held accountable for that. Um, again, this story is going to keep going. We know it is. Um, and when it comes to sort of sexual assault, well, um, we know that, or at least the word is, I don't think it's official yet, that Bill Guerin will, is set, current Wild GM, is set to become the new GM of a USA Hockey um, for the upcoming just, Olympics. Just comical. Well, I mean, not in a not well, comical, but it's dicey. I know it, you know, the pecking order, but it's so dicey right now to put him up there. And it's more dicey since last time because there is an update. I'm reading some stuff from Mike Stevens. Again, yeah, Mikey Stevens, 81. Love him. Um, didn't come on the show. Anyway, um, so he has stuff in regards to the Aaron, Aaron Scalby stuff. For those of you who don't know, um, um, so Scaldi was a former coach in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. And, um, well, how should I say this? Let me just actually read this stuff first off. Erin uh, Scaldi, wife of former um, Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins assistant coach, will be filing a sexual assault lawsuit against Clark Donatelli, Bill Guerin, and Mario Lemieux, who, as we know, Mario Lemieux is obviously owner of the Penguins. And yes, that is the Mario Lemieux, for those of you who don't know. Um, I can't, I'm not going to go too much into the details here, um, but it was, um, it's not easy to read. Um, but you can find it out there. Um, and um, basically what the former assistant coach says is that um, he was then let go during COVID for COVID staff reasons. And I don't know, the Pittsburgh Penguins can claim, look what happened to Buffalo. Yeah, we were cutting money. And I mean, they could also argue, man, Mario almost sold the team back in the day. But still, right now, there is you want to believe uh, survivors, obviously is what we'll say about that. Um, and in regards to this, three days ago, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly had a, a statement about it, um, that the NHL had no indication that Garen neglected his duties. And I believe at the time, he would have been head of Scranton in that. He would have been the AGM in Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Um, so here's the full sort of statement here. Um, and this is from October 29th at 10 a.m., NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly gave the HockeyNews.com the following statement, quote, based on what we know and the facts um, have been investigated multiple times already, this is not a Chicago situation. There is no indication that Bill Guerin or any other member of the Pittsburgh Penguins organization at any time neglected his duties, uh, sorry, neglected his reporting duties or failed to follow up appropriately um, reported concerns. I am completely confident that when all is said and done, the U.S. Center for Safe Sport will conclude the same. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say there, but... Haven't we been through this before? It's just like... a crappy... I should say, by the way, Donatelli, I want to say, eventually he did step away from the team. Mm-hmm. But the way that the former assistant coach puts it um, is that he was fired for reporting it. Because it was 
it was out of the coincidence and the the time frame for it just i'm not saying it's because we don't know the full details yet like it just you know it implicates the penguins to a certain extent where they buried this as well it doesn't look great too that again it's a an assistant gm gets in hired and he's like this brightly seen guy in his new like look at the work he's done with minnesota it's you know i think we we've we've praised the work he's done but all of a sudden it's it's just when you're looking at at the us olympic sorry just like usa hockey right now everything that they are going through with the the gymnastics team obviously um what are you thinking not at first telling Bowman to step down or something, or you know, suspending him into whatever you want to put it, and then going to Garen with this hanging in the air is just a sort of like, what are you? What is the actual thinking here? And again, like, there's a lot of bright American minds in this in this game. Again, I think Burke is part of the committee. I know he's a president right now, but hell, go get Ron Hextall if you want. There are name. I know he's not super experienced, but Ryan Miller. Is probably a name that they want to get more into a role. You could have went and gotten him, even if he's just retired still. Go with younger yeah, guys, they, but they could have done anything. John Chica yeah. if you want to. I don't care. And not someone who is currently being investigated for allegedly covering up sexual assault. Okay, two things. Yes, I completely agree with that. I think that they're really dropping a ball with this. Like when they announced Stan Bowman as the GM of the team, this was still the ongoing investigation with that. Right. And then the same thing they're doing right now with Bill Guerin. And the way I'm seeing it is like, you've mentioned all these other people that they could have chosen. And the, I don't think you have to put like a quote unquote star manager in that position for this, let alone like these guys that are in like a lot of hot water right now. And like what we said before, like it's Team USA. You could have put anyone there. You just you. It's not the hardest team to choose. Yeah, like it, I, I just think it's poor, poor thinking from from them. Just because, how do you like? How do you watch what's unfolding and say, well, you know what? Let's just take the chance. Like I saw the report saying that the investigation had concluded five days after it started what good investigation is done in five days because the argument to me that well you know um the the nhl had investigated and they found nothing after chicago that means nothing to to me that means nothing and if i'm someone investigating that i would imagine would also mean nothing because they the chicago blackhawks did it first time around and I'm not saying the Pittsburgh Penguins did it here, but there's a chance that they did. And there's an investigation that was going on. It should not take you five days. It should take you much longer as well as the findings of another investigation shouldn't necessarily stop you from doing another proper investigation. Let's also never take the NHL's word when Kyle Beach goes on TV and says they didn't want to touch my investigation a couple months ago. Right. And it took an independent thingy and all the pressure and that like, I think now like the president has said like, we want these, I want this public, the findings here after what's just happened in Chicago and the gender and block stuff. Like, I don't care if it's done. Let me know then. Where is it? If, if Akima Lou is done as well, where is it? 
it's just a loud night in my household. Um, I just, I don't I don't get it. Um, neither do the dogs. Another kind of news. And my mic is just not working. It's just completely. It's been that kind of night. It's okay. Actually been the last two minutes. Okay, now apparently it's working again. We're good. That's We're good. Sorry if that sounded like crap there. No, um, apparently Brad Aldrich's name, this is from Ryan Bershog, is now off the Stanley Cup. It's been axed. Um, and I saw Alan Wall say, okay, now go get his ring. Yeah. Yeah, no good. I don't, I don't know how, but go, yeah, he shouldn't get a ring. Absolutely should not. Melt it down for all I care. Or like just, I, I don't know, just do something with it. Just Melt throw it, down, it in the flames. Bring it across to Mordor. Go to the top of Mount Doom and cast it into the flame from which it came, for all sure, I care. Sure. Whatever. Who cares? Whatever, that, whatever reference that is from, I do it. I think it's Harry Potter, but... It, oh, my. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It was Lord of the Rings. I said yes. it. I said it. I got oh, it. my God. Right the second time. I, I can't... Oh, we're just going to move on from there. Oh, um, please. Get out of here. Like, I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. I guarantee you I can get you a list of people who also haven't seen it. And we'll do all, a poll. Of them are in, all of them are in the wrong. Kind yeah, of like the NHL PA. Yeah. Um, so apparently now the players did have a, a good meeting, apparently. Um, Donald Fear still has, somehow has a job, but now apparently uh, there's going to be a vote on whether outside review is needed to look into how the PA handle it. Um, how about just start it? Like, there's absolutely no excuse at this point. I don't know how the players didn't go in their guns blazing and say, you need to go. There was something about questions about, like, State of the Union. I don't care. <laughs> like, what has Don Fury done for them? Beside the Olympics, because we talked about that last episode. Like, what has that man done? Shout out Wayne Simmons for his honest comments about the NHLPA. What did he say? I saw it come up today. I screenshotted it, but I never read it. What did he say? Because I saw people were like, ooh. I'm going to pull it up unless, Daniel, you have it. No, no, I don't have it. I have it right here. You want the full one? I would love it. Okay. um, This is Wayne Simmons, I guess, this afternoon at practice. Um, I find in the NHL when something happens badly, guys are afraid to speak up because of repercussions, and that's something that's definitely got to change. It's unacceptable. I think within our dressing room, within a lot of other teams' dressing rooms, now the culture is kind of starting to change and starting to roll over, considering the new blood uh, that's coming into the league. I'm in lockstep with what Robin Leonard said last night. More players have got to speak up. More players have got to do their part. We don't want this to continue as we go down the line here. We've got to make it better for the guys that are coming in after us. It's not about us anymore. It's about what happens to the young kids that are coming into the league now. I feel everyone must be held accountable, whether it's the NHL, the NHLPA, everyone has to be held accountable. There's no excuses. And this can't just be another fleeting moment where it's here, here now and gone tomorrow. Preach it, man. I couldn't, uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, my mic's, I'm not dealing with it. No problem. It's, yeah, again, I'm, I'm a huge, like, we, I've mentioned it so many times before, how much I love Wayne Simmons. And just to have a guy like that right now, like, if I'm going to give him a little bit of, I guess, praise right now, just to have someone like that. We already knew on the ice the type of character he brings. And 
for him to be again like that rarity of being honest of giving his opinion to the media just it's amazing it's a shift man it's a shift you know what it, it was a fun, it was a minor thing to talk about but the dress code thing right um, again, I'm still on the fence of I don't care. I just like the look of the players in suits. I think it's a classy little thing. But it's it's sort of um, an indication that every tweet notification I'm hoping is Eichel. But it's just the Rams, uh, Rams, uh, Rams sports. How dare you? Um, but now it's like it's the little things you're starting to see players speaking out more. I think of some of the things that you know uh, Jack Hughes was saying. Um, and, um, and all that before the season started, the Kachucks too, and how there's like that younger generation that aren't being afraid to speak their mind. Um, you know, the, the dress code is a small thing, but it's another indication of that. There is, a, there is a change coming with the next generation. And we saw it not just on the ice with that, but we saw it with contract negotiations with that big RFA class. Uh, the times are, are changing in the NHL. And um, you hope it's for the better, and you hope that it goes all the way up the lineup I want more coaches like Rod Brindamore that are there for the players. I want more GMs that seem to care. Um, presidents like like John Ferguson Jr. in Columbus. Look how great that guy is. Um, a certain John transition. Davidson. John Davidson. John Davidson. No, John, John Ferguson Jr. is the guy in uh, Arizona. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, sorry. Did you yeah, miss no, something? John Davidson. John Davidson. <laughs> John Davidson. Um, but I, I agree. Um, before we move on, it's just one more thing. And again, like, I think – I've referenced this maybe two times already, but it's just, I guess that's owing to, I guess the strength and I guess, I guess the depth of that Richard Coffey interview we had with him is that he always talked about the isolation of the game and how it was always different from the other sports. But I think now, and you know, social media in a good light with all of these younger guys coming up, they're seeing what other leagues are doing. They're seeing what voices these other players who basically are the same ages as them doing the same thing for their own respective league and what they've been able to do. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, shall we move on? Sure. First off, it's November. You know what that means, guys. It's Hockey Fights Cancer Month. Unless you're the Bruins because for some reason their night's in December, but whatever. Um, also, beside that, I see a few of us here. Daniel, you look like you're clean shaved, so you're clearly starting to grow um, I grew it. I started growing it the first, so like I, 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 sh- yeah, I shaved you, on the thirty first. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah know. exactly. So you've gotten Alex has his going. I got a head start because I need it. It's November time as well. Yeah. Hmm? I also got a head start. Yes, yes. Um. So it's it's November. Get the stashes out, lads. Again, I wish I could use a certain word to describe cancer here, but I can't. Um. Whenever Pittsburgh have theirs, watch because. <laughs> Because uh, Boyle, man, uh, just has a way of showing up on those nights. So, um, great it's so event. like Taylor. I mean, like, it's so like, I would say edited. It's so, <laughs> what's it called? Trimmed. I don't know why I said edited. What's trimmed? His mustache is always like to the point and it's like nice and curled. It's a cookie duster, man. Oh. That's yep. how I call it, at least. Um, note about Columbus quickly. Did you guys see the game? With Ms. Lincoln's telling the his fellow Columbus players don't rush the puck up because uh, the Rangers were winning and he wanted to preserve the shutout or the attempt against Shesterkin and yes. he put a stick up saying out of boy. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that so was, was that was cool. all alleged stuff, right? I don't know. 
I think he afterwards he said, yeah, I wanted to salute him. The TSN panel had a thing about this. I just, why do people hate goalies? Like, like, I, like, Dreger was the only one he's like, he's like, the goalie union is strong. I think O-Dog was like, nah, screw, you know, typical O-Dog in that. Where's the <laughs> respect for the goalies here? Where's the respect? I like that. Especially because, like, Jake Allen had, I think he's had, like, his two or three, his three, like, or his last two starts, he got shutouts, right? And there's a face-off with five seconds left. It's three-nothing, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Mike Johnson just says, Oh, and look at that. Um, Suzuki, Dvorak, Petrie, and Chirot are all going out there with five seconds left because you know there's something to play for with five <laughs> seconds left because he didn't want to say it. Oh. We're in the face-off, puck down the ice to shut out, right? It's just, I don't know. I just think it's a really sweet, I like, like, shutouts, I don't think we talk about just how big a deal those must be for tendies. You know what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. So, yeah. especially, like, Merzlake has had such a rough year. Like, a, like what happened with everything with Kislenics and that. Now, he doesn't deserve what happened. And AK, this is a we've been meaning to get to this forever, but um, this is from October twenty fifth from Aaron Portsline. Um, Elvis Mers Lincoln said a fan wearing a Dallas Star sweater taunted him regarding the off season death of a friend and former teammate Matthias Kislenics as he and the Blue Jackets teammates count, came out of the tunnel for the start of the game. We're not saying that that's every Stars fan, by the way. Like, every fan base has those Those guys. People. Those people. Every fan base mm-hmm. of every... The world period has those people, Let's unfortunately. Um, but I just, I just... I look at that, and then I look at what he did for Shesterkin, and I just think, man, what a class act who just doesn't deserve that sort of attention. That makes me sick. You know what he is? He's a personality, right? The personalities yes. are always attacked in hockey. Oh, hey. In all sports. There was a video, like an ad that showed up on my, um, like just when I was watching stuff on YouTube earlier. And it was PK just talking about Montreal. And I was just like. <sighs> no, it was just, you made me think of personalities getting attacked. Um, so besides that, um, but just, you know, like. I, people who do that kind of stuff should be like just banned like just find out who it is you shouldn't be allowed to be at sports games or more importantly you should get help you know what i mean yeah. i don't like being mr psychologist or no but, but yeah in that scenario like go get help because I mean, like for those of you who don't remember kids lennox sort of credited that sorry or Ms. lincoln's credited that what kids lennox did saved his wife and uh, like i believe i don't know if the child's been born yet but wife and unborn child life there so next time you think to do that just go just take a look at yourself in the mirror this is all i'll say there um besides that um i want to play a quick game with you guys all righty okay a bit of fun a bit of uh yanking the chain here because we haven't (laughs) had a lot of fun because um the past week in hockey has been garbage it is time for pretenders or contenders. We're going to look at the top three of every division, and we're going to say, are they real or are they fake? Okay. We're going to start at the Metro. Third place, it is the 5-1-3. and three. The Caps haven't even been to OT once. The Caps have lost three times. The Caps, with again, Backstrom hasn't been there to start. They're third place. They're 5-1-3. and three. Do you guys believe in the Washington Capitals right now? Daniel. Uh, kind of. 
<laughs> if oh, that makes oh, sense. Has, has one of his best starts in history. I know. So what, what is this? I'll say contender because they always are a contender. I mean, at least for in the Alex Ovechkin era, yes, contender. Uh, I had them contenders last year, uh, and I'm going to have them contenders again this year. I think I you want to say chicken tender. I don't know why. I think I called them my dig- my biggest disappointment of the year um, going into the season. Um, so to protect my own uh, image, yeah. even though we both we all know that I have started the Alex Ovechkin goal counting Twitter account. Go follow it. Um, <laughs> I will say pretenders, but I want wow. to say contenders, but I have to stay. Second, the 6-2-2 two two New York Rangers. <laughs> Who I believe blew a two nothing lead last night. I think they're a pretender because I don't. There's no stability there, right? They have. I mean, five players making fifty three point million, and you're paying okay. Chris Kreider too. What a joke! I'm talking about like productivity no with no things. Comments. Like they they brought up all those young guys. Where I saw a tweet where about like those quote unquote untouchable assets in a potential Jack Eichel trade. And none of them oh, are doing well. <laughs> like Alexis Lafreniere, Capo Caco. Their young players suck. I just stepped down. The, the one, the one that really got to me was Vitaly Kratsev, which just has NA. <laughs> uh, and he was loaned this afternoon to the KHL. If you guys Ooh. haven't seen, Ooh, that's tough. There is a potential for return. I believe it was Friedman said it was part of his contract. Um. You know, right now they've locked up their core. Um, I don't know how Barkley Goudreau. Barkley Goudreau is going to be like the next Connor Brown, where it's like good player, but like or he's going to have to go eventually. Yeah. Um, but listen, they're they've got a good core. You know what I mean? I just question what they're going to be able to do in the playoffs. So I think for now, I'm and I'm saying this because let's remember Sidney Crosby has played like one game. Apparently has mild symptoms for COVID. Get well soon, sitting everyone else at Pittsburgh. But and Malkin is still out, like he always is. So I, at the moment, I'll say they're legit because they have a they have a good. Their good players are good. Their young players are like mm, mm. like everything else is kind of like I don't know what's good, but they have a good goaltender, really good goaltender, some great defensemen, and some pretty wicked forwards up front. Right, so. I'll give him credit. And the nine, sorry, not the nine, no, the eight, no, the eight, no Carolina Hurricanes. And last time I saw Freddie Anderson's goals again, or goal saved above, above average was like plus 11. I went, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. So are they real? Um, I, I think they're the real deal. I just don't think like they're contenders. I just don't think they're this good. I think eventually things will uh, even themselves out in a way. Are you yeah, trying I think... to tell me they're sorry, Daniel. I was, go on. You're, you're telling me they're not going to win their remaining 72 games? That is correct. 70, 74, 74. 74? Yes, that is correct. They will not go 82 and 0. You heard it here first. Go ahead, Daniel. <laughs> I think, uh, I think a contender, but what Alex said, like it's a hollow contender because, yeah, they got better, quote unquote, for now in goaltending but they lost a lot on defense. And I think that's going to even out eventually. Like I've always talked about the Jacob Slavin and the Brett Pesci, those type of guys I really love, but I don't think the other guys they have surrounding them are going to do much. Like they lose with Dougie Hamilton, but they gain with Frederick Anderson. So 
kind of balances out for me. They're like he, they're they're the same team. He has had a hell of a start, by the way. I don't know if we've talked about it, but he is eight and zero. Oh. That's pretty good. Or seven and zero. Oh. Like he's just ridiculous. He's back with um, the vengeance. Can we talk I about how I, I want to go bring up Tony D'Angelo's numbers mm-hmm. and I accidentally didn't put the all in properly. So it just went to a recent Tony D'Angelo search and it was uh, an old one saying Rangers, Tony D'Angelo throws tantrum after Twitter bans Donald Trump. <laughs> so, uh, but that, that reminds me, we haven't heard anything from or about Tony D'Angelo all year. Is that like that his is contract? That is the plan. And he is a he's a plus nine, and he has nine points in eight games. I hate it, but man, Rod Brindamore, um, say what you want, um, but has has sort of kept Tony D'Angelo under wraps for now, and has turned with him and his defensive core and system, uh, Freddie Anderson into uh, the, the the new coming of Patrick Waugh. So, uh, or maybe because it's he's hiding behind a great defense, we should say Martin Brodeur. Anyway, <laughs> 2017, or, oh, two, 2017, Freddie is back. Or yeah, like we could, he's just healthy. Like he hasn't been yeah. healthy in like three years or two years. Um, a team I thought was off to a worse start, but are still third in division. The five <laughs> three and one Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, hmm. I you think they're contenders, it. guys. The Atlantic are it's pretty tight unless you're Montreal, which is pretty funny. I'm just realizing, but or the Satins, but you <laughs> they're like they have a core that I'm fine. They're gonna get they're my gonna guess, Ta- I Tampa guess Bay? Kessel. They're getting Kessel, by the way. I Tampa guess. Bay? Yeah. I yeah, they'll be fine. I yeah, have yeah. a feeling they're contenders, guys. <laughs> yeah. Contender. Back to back Stanley Cup champions. I think they're good. No argument there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The four, so the five, four, and one Toronto Maple Leafs, who all of a sudden have won three straight. I feel like it should be four, shouldn't it? Sorry, uh, are you on the NHL website? No, I'm at. I just looked up the Google one. I realized they don't count overtime stuff on there because they're dumb, don't they? Because I thought it was four straight wins. I'm so good. So Vegas, Detroit, the Rangers, and Chicago. Okay, wait, did they they beat the Rangers? Uh, no, they did yeah. not. No, they didn't. They, they lost in overtime. overtime. Oh, so was it just three? Yeah, yeah, it's just three straight. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, because their first one was against Chicago, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like in that streak. Chicago, Detroit, and then they beat Vegas last night. Yeah. That's silly. Okay. Like their first non-close win. <laughs> Pretenders or contenders? Um... I think they're contenders, just not like, again, similar with Carolina. Like, I just, I don't think they're top, top tier. Can we talk about that? If the Sabres get Valimaki and Kachuk, um, they could be in it because they're they're tied with Toronto and Tampa with 11 points. The, 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 the Sabres are about to get better, which is really funny. Okay. I'm, uh, but we got to take that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah. Sorry, they're goaltending. Oh yeah, the goaltending's kind of. I love how they're tied with Tampa and Toronto with Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell, I think, and Dustin Tikarski. Yeah, yeah, Aaron wow. Dell has not played a game. So it's just been Ticker and Anderson. Well, Anderson <laughs> does have magic, doesn't he, Craig? Yeah. Um, well, and the sorry, go ahead, Dan. Oh no, I was gonna say two things. So yeah, again, because you didn't ask me about the contenders for the Leafs, so oh. yeah, they are contenders. Yeah, yeah. I still believe, and. 
last thing is we mentioned him already, but we never really mentioned him too much as a Leafs legend. Aaron Dell. Yeah, he the guy literally the invested in Leafs equipment. Hey, listen, you didn't play a game. <laughs> okay, final team. Um, they're off to a pretty good start. They are the 8-0-1 Florida Panthers. Now, the big kind of question here, obviously, is how will they look without Joe Quinville now? Um, but I think as of right now, I love their roster so much. Um, I'm going to say they're they're good. Even if they will not be as good as a team as they were with Joe Quinville, um, I'd say they're still – They have. They're, it's going to be pretty hard to not make the playoffs with that roster and that talent. Yeah, I, I also agree. I think they're contenders. Like the only – interesting like the only one i'm kind of worried about is uh their goaltending but that's just sergey bobrovsky he can most definitely prove me wrong he's one of vesna he's two yeah he's on a, he's on set to win a third this year he's getting on better he is back him freddie and uh and i don't know maybe bennington because the blues i'm breaking the order here never mind we'll go to uh the third place six three and oh minnesota wild Kaprizov is off to a good year. It's almost like the guy who has been good every year he's played pro hockey and everyone was so worried about paying is that's he playing well and everyone's kind of surprised about it. I Yeah, I think they're legit. Yeah, you know, I think I, so I, too. I, I, I mean, if this was last year, I would have been, I don't know, but, you know, there's not too many changes to the main contributors there. So, because, you know, we already know Parise Suter, they were not main contributors anymore. But they, they're proving, they're proving us... They're proving us wrong. Yeah, the decor is okay. But I mean, Alex Galagoski, like, I criticize that signing, but mm-hmm. listening to him in interviews, like, he's still good. And he's a guy that, like, he's one of those guys you want on the team because he actually really wants to play for his, like, hometown team. Right. Yeah. He's the Michael Bunting of Minnesota. Jason Spezza. Let's yeah, yeah, make okay. the age range a little bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. a little bit better. Here. Pretend or, or pretend for a while. Um,. I'm going to go with contender. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, it's kind of weird because like Colorado are four and four, but you're like, yeah, how long yeah. until that lasts? But um, the second place, five, two and two Winnipeg Jets. Jordy Ben scored a goal. That was pretty funny. Does he have more than his brother? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Give me a minute. <laughs> I feel um, bad saying that. No, it's okay. Uh, uh, Jamie, you don't. We Jamie Ben doesn't deserve credit for winning a scoring title of eighty nine points. Get out of here. Go ahead. Okay. We, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. Go ahead, Alex. Um, I was just gonna say I, I think they're. I really like this team, and I mean, I liked them last year as well. I, I just, I think they're contenders. Like, I think they'll be, they will be a, paid in the butt this year. They they were quiet. Like they. Uh, I think it was. Adam, you said they were quiet, or was it someone said they were quiet? Um, and just the moves they made solidified that decor, which was their biggest issue. I think two things for them, for me, is they are a contender, mostly because of those acquisitions, really balanced up the team, reminds me of like Florida in that sense. And I think the second thing is when they talk about that scoring from a second line, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois really picked it up this year. 
and that was something that they've been waiting on for for a year, basically. I mean, they've been waiting for a second line center for years. Uh, yeah. he's probably better than Mark Shifley anyway. Uh yeah. So never mind. I guess he didn't get credited with the goal. I swore he did, but he has zero goals. Just Jordy. Uh, Jamie has one. Oh, okay. He so would have tied. They, uh, if they had given Jordy the credit he deserves, then it would have been thinking. Uh, number one. In the central, they are six and one. What helps with this is Tarasenko's good again, so that's pretty nice. Um, it's the St. Louis Blues. I don't believe it. I think like if they if they're wild card, I'm like, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. Maybe they scrap with Minnesota this year. Yeah. <laughs> but like but like and like listen, having a forty goal score play well again is certainly gonna help you a lot. But I still don't believe in the fact that they have no solid number one D and just a bunch of pretty good complimentary guys with no number distinctive one. Um, I also think they are pretenders. Uh, different reason, but I, I think – I don't know if they're going to mend that relationship with Vladimir Tarasenko because that still seems to be up in the air. Um, and, and I think they end up trading him for whatever they get it. I, I just think that's not their demise, but it's something that needed to be done. And unfortunately it will lead them to be pretenders. He will also go to Tampa Bay. Watch. Oh my God. Um, go for, for me, I actually put them as contenders. And I think it's because they don't have like a true star guy, but I think about, and I know it's a different sport, but I think about the Atlanta Braves. Last night, where they didn't have like a true superstar guy for you them, suck Houston. But there Dirty is <laughs> there's enough talent around that they could potentially make a run, or these type of guys could get hot in the playoffs. Like I think of a David Perron, even if like he doesn't have a really good regular season, or I think about their center depth where they are two-way guys and they may not be the highest scoring type of ones, but they've been there before. So yeah, I'll give them that credit. The defense, no number one, but it's still solid. And then goaltending, Jordan Bimington. Um, I, I really laughed when I sent you that thing. Cause I'm like, he's not only winning, but he's back in top season form with his antics. So if he has that confidence, then I'm like, okay, we'll just right. run with it. Smelling like Kadri. I'm like, watch out, Kadri's gonna come back after you. Watch yeah. out, Darcy Kemper. Can, can I ask? Can I ask you something, Daniel? You had them not even making the playoffs last year. Right? Let's change, just man. let's re let's rehash that memory. <laughs> Yo, have they done anything drastically different? Well, think of it like this quickly before you say Daniel, because mm-hmm. there's a similarity with them in Washington. But Daniel, go ahead. But I want to bring it up in a second. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of. There's this energy to them. And I think that is the Vladimir Tarasenko thing where, yeah, there's so much uncertainty with that, but he is their guy on offense. And if he could keep on going and showing that he's healthy, then again, like it's going to be a win now type of team. He's probably leaving. He's probably going to do like a Kawhi Leonard thing this year, maybe if they win it and that's it. I don't think he's coming back, but they are consistent enough where they haven't really imploded in a way. It's just, they're a team that if they could still be scrappy the way they won the cup, right? They still have that core. So I'm not saying that they are a top tier team, but they're the team that could, could upset the, the, the higher guys, or I don't, I don't know if they're going to stay where they are, but they are going to make the playoffs. 
I forgot they signed James Neal until just now. Um, but uh, here's the thing with, with both Washington and, and St. Louis. The big thing with them last year was they're starting to get stale. And then all of a sudden, here comes some young talent in the lineup, a.k.a. it was all of a sudden, especially right now with Ryan O'Reilly apparently being out, didn't realize that. Um, guys like Robert Thomas are finally getting more freaking ice time, apparently. So that's pretty cool. Um, and, and again, like, I'm still going to say pretenders because, you know, like, I still believe in some other teams more than them. But you guys know how big of a fan I've always been of Tarasenko. Like, just mm-hmm. a skill guy that can take over the game. But I think some of those young guys really coming in has really, really helped that team. Not to mention, never forget Marco Scandella's on the team. What a weird contract. Happy okay. legend. Yes, indeed. Uh, the team that um, they're back on the winning streak, the 6 3 and 0 oh, St. Uh, not St. Louis, San Jose Sharks. They're back. They last night. That game against Boston, they made it a one goal game at the end. Eric Carlson is back, I'm telling you. Um, I have them as pretenders. Yo, you know what's funny? You can say every team in this division is a contender and the pretender at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but no, go ahead. It's just like this this division no, is such a crapshoot. It is. Hilarious. I just I think you've pulled out one guy and and it, it is Evander Kane. You've improved their goal, you've changed their goaltending, which is an improvement. I just don't know how much. I don't know if that's enough to completely turn around um, this team. Like the issue last year was depth. Uh, you're then you have to rely on now. The depth started well this year. You have to rely on that going throughout the entire year. And I just don't know if it's enough with the teams around them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think after so many years of just going in the wrong direction, they finally turn things around, but that's the thing. It just was a gradual turnaround. Like now you're headed in the right direction. You still have a lot of problems with this roster. You still don't know what you're doing with the money. And yeah, this is, I, I think this is a team that they're showing the potential when you don't have distractions around you where you don't have, I guess, from our perspective, a level of expectation based on how much money is given to these players. Yeah. It's no longer there. So I think they're just playing their game. And I think Aiden Hill was a great acquisition for them, but yeah, they are pretenders for now, but they are going in the right direction. Listen, all I'm going to say is don't underestimate getting a save for the first time since like 2017. Um, So I'm going to say that they are contenders. Because I, I, Eric Carlson is bad, even though since I said that he hasn't had a point, we'll ignore that. I think he's been out. Oh, has he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he was on their COVID list, wasn't he? Yeah. That's why. But he'll be back for real, continuously. It's really hard to follow for the COVID protocols. Like, it's actually getting so difficult to follow along with it. Hey, we haven't had a game canceled. Yeah. That is true. No, it's just, it's not that it's unorganized. It's just not, it hasn't been relayed the same way as last year, I think, yeah. uh, to the public. It isn't. Uh, plus, it's not like a COVID and then you have, you kind of have a heart attack because you're like, oh, God, oh, no, we're not no. going to have hockey and we're, yeah. we're going to be gone for two. And it's like, no, we're good. Um, anyway, um, second place, the Calgary Flames. Mark Shum has been better, which is pretty jokes. Um, Manjapani is off to a start. Uh, man, listen. If they get Eichel, like, man. Um, that guy's going 30 and 30. 
I'm just, I never know what the flames are, so I'm just going to say pretenders just because I'm like, whatever. Uh, the rumor going around with my, I, I don't know if it's a rumor or confirmed, but apparently he is on the 55 man list. He is the only player other than the goalies to be uh, thrown out there. Good for him. He yeah. should be on it. I imagine, I imagine world, the world championships played him extremely major part in that. Like yeah. He, he did lead that, like in a way he did lead that team. Um, I'm going to go with, pretenders for now because for the most part a lot of it is the same lineup as you've had in the past um you yes you add blake coleman but you do lose what sorry you add blake coleman right you know i was just like oh yeah oh yeah yeah uh then you lose you you also have to remember they lost mark giordano uh in a divide in a room that seems to be divided Mm-hmm. To have a leader like that taken away mm-hmm. uh, is difficult. And I just, I don't know what to expect. Like they've only played nine games. Listen, they could be contenders by the end of the year. I hope they prove me wrong. They're in Canada. Like uh, the guys at Sportsnet would say, more Canadian teams, the better. Steven um, is like, of course they're pretenders. Yeah. <laughs> they're still in it, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I'm going to say for now, they're pretenders. Daniel. I have to agree with that. They're they are pretenders. Nike, um, I don't know what they are because no one does. I know that Daryl Sutter man. has the name. He has the name, and it's been working to a certain extent. It's just man. when two things are swirling like this, like they're a really heavy team where you know it's not a lot of the same mobility I saw with other teams that they still want to use that size and. The way things are swirling right now, the way that we know that it's not, you know, the most harmonious locker room, I'm going to put them at pretenders. And I don't think this is going to last. And I think if they do really swing for the fences in a big deal, it's going to be better for them in the long run, but it's going to set them back. Yeah. What do they need? A real first line? No, no, I don't agree with that. Because if you get Eichel, you have something that not many teams actually have. And that's what for. It's like, I know. I mean, like for now, because like going into the season, like he's gonna take, he's gonna get the surgery. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about for like this season, where it's like that's gonna push them back for now. Like it's the one step back to take two steps forward. Like type of thing. They they might not have the bestest of seasons that we expect if they trade for Eichel. Like losing Kachuk would be a piece, but I think next year we're having a discussion about they're going to make the playoffs like a hundred percent with Eichel and Monaghan as a one, two with Goudreau, Mangiapane, we add the names. Like this is a team. You know what I kind of like about Calgary though, is I don't think Suter's been all just sort of what they've, I don't think Suter has been on the outside what we thought he was. Cause I think the big difference from what we see in him now and the late years in LA is he doesn't have a decrepit old and slow team where we don't quite know what like like Jeff Carter wasn't himself anymore. What was Dustin Brown? And even he's kind of been like every other year is different with that guy. And how do you fix locker room issues? Apparently, uh, trade Kachuk. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Um, but hey, I mean, I still think the pretenders, but. Um, a team that I'm going to say I don't care about goaltending, I don't care about defense, because when you have the both the... <laughs> yeah. 
So right now, here are your uh, point leaders. Number one, Leon Dreisaitl with 17 points. Number two, Connor McDavid with 17 points. I love it so much. The Edmonton Oilers are who are in first. They're 7-1-0. Miss it. Listen, the further the season goes, the more 7-6 games they're going to win because Koskinen and Smith are playing well now. You get those points early, and McDavid and Dreisaitl will do the rest. I will say that they are contenders for the regular season. Let's see what they can do. <laughs> they win a round or two, but then go against like Colorado or St. Louis, and you wonder, oh, they're really that good. But it's fine because McDavid, woo, 100 points, 120 points. I was about to say all of that, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree with Adam that contenders for now, they look good. Regular season reminds me of 2017. That Yes, that's a very good point. It's it's a similar type of situation, so we'll just see how it goes. I uh, I also agree. I believe they will be contenders for the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, Brad Aldrich's name is just X X X X X. Apparently, which is cool. Uh, I saw somebody say on Twitter once, "Don't take his name off completely. Put the X's because then people ask and the story yeah. stays alive." Which I thought was a really really cool point. Good. Can't remember who said it, but you know who you are, but you're probably not listening to this because who knows what you are. Um, Okay, besides that, um, we can just quickly finish off here talking about the Habs and the Leafs. They both won their last games, which is quite rare in Montreal, and the Leafs, they're starting to get more of those. Um, Okay, um, let me just clean up. I have six tabs open right now. It hurts to look at. Um, Okay, first off, We'll look at Toronto because um, they went out against Vegas and uh, they dummied them. Um, I said last episode that Marner needs to get a real goal, and oh boy, did he. <laughs> um, I'm not going to criticize him too much for beating up on a Vegas team that was bare bones because, listen, you, Pittsburgh were, and look what happened there, so they sort of learned their lesson there. And, like, they just, they, it was, it was a classic story of the Stars were doing their job, and in Toronto, when that happens, they win. Yeah, and, and they played a full 60-minute game, which, if you haven't been listening, is the been the one thing I've been clamoring for since probably episode one, uh, recently the last two episodes. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, they they beat on a team that was kind of down, and I um, I don't really feel bad. Like it's just the way it is right now for me. I I I don't feel bad, and the guys who showed up showed were the ones who were supposed to show up. Um, one thing I don't know if you guys picked up on it. I'm sure you did, but Mitch's reaction to that goal was vastly different to the reaction he had, I think it was the game before or two games ago. It was against Detroit, yeah. His goal against Vegas, he just – I've never quite seen the monkey being taken off a player's back more than that moment. He was yeah. red-faced from just letting it all out. Like, you could tell a lot was lifted there. Yeah, I and, and I hope everything is okay. Yeah, like, for me, I think two things. It – they didn't let up for 60 minutes that they showed what they were able to do. And clearly, yeah, they learned their lesson from a Pittsburgh team. Like even if you have half of what your team is supposed to look like at the NHL level, you still don't let up against them. And I think I agree with the way the Mitch Marner goal was his celebration, the way that 
the passes were for all these goals, the way they were just able to get to Robin Leonard, it's it's a morale boost. It's something that they really needed to do and something that they needed to address when they were going through that losing streak, when they were clearly not getting anything from their best players. So, again, a lot of things with the Leafs could really shift from the time we see the next game. But I think this is something that they should build on. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear, I think you may actually made my point there kind of, but uh, they, it's not just this one game. I want to be clear. I'm not back on the bandwagon yet. Not just yet. Um, they need to do this more than once every, like every once in a while. It, it's got to be a consistent thing. I think they have, they have to continue building on this one game and, and, and not let it fall against Tampa Bay, not they can't let defeat or adversity get to them. They have to push through it. That's my speech. Thank you I for listening. They, that's my TED talk. Thank you for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for listening. Remember people used to say that all the time? Mm-hmm. What, it was like a big meme? Like when people, I don't know, I used to get these in the group chats where people would like send a bunch of messages and some sometimes they were huge paragraphs. And then any, they'd be like, anyways, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yes. You know what else I kind of like? What's that? I love the media. You love you us. Do. I also love the media. Tell me why. I love them and I hate them. Mm-hmm. Why. It's that song. That's a Rihanna song. I love what? how mu- I hate how much I love you. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. I, hate, I hate to break it to you. I'm not entirely okay. sure. What? No, because I'm like, so we've had this growler stuff in for a while, right? Um, and basically, so the growlers who are the Leafs ECHL team, the Newfoundland ones, or as some people who are not from Canada call it Newfoundland. Newfoundland. I don't get why we don't call it Newfoundland because it's literally how it's written, but you know, whatever, yeah. Canada. That's too many questions. Quebec, get out of here. Get out of here. Who says Quebec? There's this commercial that keeps going around. It's like these British people saying Quebec. And it's I just want to rip my hair out. Because it's just like, no, it's not. It's Quebec, right? It's Quebec. There's Quebec. no W. Or Quebec, if you want to put the accent on there. Where? Quebec. Say it both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nah, you. And for some reason, the, the short form of it in CP style is like PQ. It's like, ha. Why is there a P? <laughs> Yeah, we were like the short form. So Ontario was like ONT. Right. Quebec's like PQ. And you're like, how? Province de Quebec. That's a really good. That might actually be it. I might have figured it out. Might have broken. Congratulations, Batman. The ba- the boat full of prison workers and employees will not break. That's like a saw trap. Like you three won the game. Uh, well, anyway. the Leafs win their next game because I got that. Yes. I, awesome. Thank you. They win game four. And there we go. Um, the reason I bring it up is because like I haven't seen like anything about this. So Newfoundland Growlers, yeah, the ECHL team of the Leafs suspended like all their home games apparently because there's been some sort of workplace conduct um, stuff. Now, there isn't a ton of detail unless I've just completely missed this. And apparently the investigations will not be made public whenever they come out. Um, so I have not, apparently there was going to be this whole big rebranding of the team or whatever when it came out, but this has just been 
I just thought this would have been a bigger deal because you know there was going to be someone like Steve Simmons that says, oh, first the dusty stuff and now this, so is there something rotten in the Leafs wall? Like just some dumb headline like that. But no one has talked about this, so I'm, I don't get it. Obviously, yeah, there's been more important stuff this week, but we've had it on the dog for like two. Yeah, sure. Like it's just to me, it was – I put it on the dock to talk about mm-hmm. – uh, to keep my guests myself accountable. Cause I did say last episode, I called out quite a, like plenty of people about the Chicago stuff. So I, I would think it or two episodes ago, I would think it was fair to keep myself to those same standards. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. Keeping it uh, private. That one. I like just watching how this unfolded. Uh, and again, like, once more things develop of this, I'm surprised they haven't yet. I just, I, I hope again that this, this story continues to develop and we know what's, what's wrong because it was, it's very odd to see a team um, lose their home stadium because of workplace conduct investigations more. So we see it because they can't afford to stay there or some other financial reason. So to see it because of this, it drew plenty of attention for, to me, at least. So um, the St. John's mayor and chair of the SJ, the SJSEL, which is the Deacon and Sport and Entertainment, whatever, it's sort of the parent company here. Um, so chair of that being Danny Breen, great name, uh, explained in a statement that employees of the SJSEL have brought forward allegations of disrespectful workplace conduct against staff at DSE that must be fully investigated. I just, it's just so weird that like, I have, I, I'd be repeating myself. I'm just like, I'd like more here. And I don't get why they're not being made public. And it, it will get out because, you know, the leaves, but I don't know. This is really, and, and to think that it's just like, I don't know. I Who would thought that the Leafs were going to have issues of where they're playing before the Coyotes did? Yeah, that's what, that's the one that surprised me about that. Theory, the Newfoundland Coyotes. No. Hear me out. We're going to move the Coyotes. Who makes more money, the Growlers or the Coyotes? I have a fun fact, by the way, about that. Go ahead. So, you know the Tuscan Roadrunners? I thought you were going to say the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Oh, the Tuscan, sorry, the Tucson Roadrunners, my mistake. Yes, yes. yes they're, yeah, they, they, for those of you who don't know that, the AHL team of Arizona, yes. Yeah, they used to be the Toronto Roadrunners. Oh, really? When it was the St. John's Maple Leafs. But the thing is, they were the affiliate for the Oilers. What happened to the Solar Bears? And why was that abandoned? That was an amazing uh, name, by the way. I, be- cool logo. I believe they are the affiliate for a different team now. They, I just, I'm not sure which one. I could search it. It, it was, they, they were the affiliate. They're still a team, I believe, unless they folded due to COVID. Um, but this was a couple, few years ago, pre-COVID, where the Leafs opened up in newfoundland which i think they had been going there previously um to newfoundland Newfoundland Um, solar bears i have an update Uh, well they're still they're the affiliate of the lightning and the syracuse crunch of course they are well it's in florida Florida, right but of course they have the cool one i have another fun fact about them full of fun facts their head coach is former leafs draft pick Drake Bearhouse Bearhouse Bearhouseski. So that's Orlando. 
Yes. Oh, wow. He was, I remember I had an elementary school teacher. This is a random fact that she always mentioned how the Leafs took Jake Perhowski over like a bunch of guys in the 1990 draft. Like I think they took him over Martin Broder. Really? Of course. Of course yeah. So for those of you who can't see the YouTube version, I pulled so up nice. the, or- the Orlando Solar Bears logo. <laughs> Which, uh, Daniel doesn't like this logo that has orange, yellow, and purple. He likes this one. He doesn't like the Coyotes one, though. Uh, well, because it has oh, a cactus. No, it has it's... a cactus. Okay, I just, the hold bottom on, part, on, I just on. don't like the bottom part. So the, the polar bear here has a, a hockey stick, like, holding it behind his head, and sunglasses. It's so cool. Yeah. It's just, I just, I don't know who thought. I don't know, this feels I like I like that pun you had. What? The, the polar bear is cool. Eat bread. Um, but not nah, like like just whoever thought of this. It's like an E. It's it's honestly it's like an EA Creative logo, but it's so cool. I'm surprised he doesn't have a coke in his other hand. He's like, yeah, what up? I love that logo <laughs> so coke much. In his other hand. And then there's this other one, but that's a oh we don't like oh, oh that's no, that one's and they ruined. Looks it. like a cigarette company. That looks like um, that's like the first Orlando Solar Bears less successful brother. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. maybe had some incidents with some white powder with Evgeny Kuznetsov. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, some big news. Yeah, the Habs won. Great. Yeah, woo. Two win- three wins in three weeks. How the boy? Um, they're getting up. there. Yeah, Druin's day-to-day, good to know he's good because he took a puck to the face. That was tough. Remember when Deneau got one and got concussed because it was from a char shot. It was not that game. Tough. Um, I think they lost. Remember I sent you, I don't like Cedric. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant – I was like, what's wrong with Cedric Diggory? And he's like, no, I don't like Cedric Baquette. Yeah, because he's – I don't know why he's on the team. Cedric Baquette. Uh, he has a winning Diggory. attitude. And he's French. I, I think it's more to do with French. Bringing back the championship pedigree. <laughs> no, I, listen, I didn't want to say it, but I just I, I have a feeling it's true. I don't think Cedric Paquette won a cup because he was with Ottawa last year, right? I don't think didn't he, was, he win it the first year. Yeah, the year before. He yeah, was he? Because he was the salary dump with um, breeding Colburn for marrying Gabrick and Anders Nilsson. Yeah, he hasn't played. Um, hold on a minute. Am I an idiot? Yeah, no, no, he did play in that one. That's disgusting. Three assists and you sign. You, yeah, no, he should have been suspended for, for what he did to Zegras. You see then Subban got tripped for doing his slew foot thing that he's always done? Yeah. And yeah. $15,000 I and saw? It was, I was like, wait, what? And it was two Zegras. What is going on with yeah, Trevor Zegras? Yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, man, that poor guy's had a rough thing. I wanted to mic him up. What do I do? Come on, PK. Come on, PK. Um, but anyway, the last big thing we can talk about here is uh, the Habs are apparently expecting to have Carey Price back soon. Um, I think somebody was saying that I think it's around like the weekend he could be back. I don't know the exact day of when his 30 days are up at the player assistance program. You got to think he'll come. He'll skate for a while. But um, uh, cool. It's not even just because Allen won the, the Molson Cup for player of the month because who else were you going to give it to besides like Druin? Um, but like Alec Allen, back-to-back shutouts, he's doing really well. Or no, it's sorry, it's two and three games. Um, it won't be so much the performance because we all know what Carey Price is and like it's Carey Price. Good. Love, love you, man. Favorite player. I've missed you. Missed you. Um, but I think what Montreal are really going to benefit, benefit from is um, they're going to need his presence back. 
Because even if they won, did you guys see the clip of Jonathan Druin at practice? No. Yeah. I saw a bit of it, yeah. So uh, Alex, he was just he was just skating or he was really mad. He was just get, it's not like, you know, a fight like PK and uh and and mechanics back in the day, but he was just yelling and getting really pissy with some of the coaches. I think like him and Luke Richardson were having a thing. Someone was making a joke on Twitter saying, "Why do we keep dumping it?" It was hilarious. But um no, but like man, Carey Price coming back. Hopefully he's all good in that. Um but like his presence in that room is going to be so good and it's so needed yeah yeah they it, it's rough man like i yeah it, just everything that that's got yeah i mean you know like i'm just you're you know yeah. like it's just rough and to miss a guy like that and i think it takes you look at the best leadership groups across sports not even just hockey uh it consists of more than one person it always consists of more than one person. We like we looked at what happened in um, Tampa, uh, not Tampa Bay, in Boston. They were talking about the leadership group and how they approached the Kyle Beach interview. Um, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if Gallagher alone was going to be able to bring this group back together. It's great that Weber was there for a few days, um, but I think having Price there on a consistent basis is is a much bigger deal than we then expected did you ever watch mighty ducks three d3 i think so okay there's a part where uh okay i'm gonna spoil this for you guys that's uh, okay but heading into the th- i know this is not even allowed but heading into the third wait, wait, period spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't spoiler seen alert <laughs> heading into the third period they're getting out muscled by the bigger varsity team, the Warriors, which are basically the Chicago Blackhawks. And yeah, and um, uh, and Dean Portman, remember that guy who was one of the Bash brothers? From the, the, the first one and the second one. Okay, and he finds his scholarship in the middle of the game to play at the high school. And then he joins the team as the morale booster they need. Nice to head into the rest of the game. So it feels like that for me. He's Michael Pizzetta. Yes. What great hair, by the way. <laughs> good I, game. I saw his hair. He looked fantastic. He is great, that guy. He I have fantastic. Um are we still sorry, are we still on the Habs right now? Yeah man, I fucking yeah. Carrie Price is getting his time. Of course we are. Okay, sorry. I, I have one funny thing to say, but I'll keep it for later. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, that that's it then. Unless, let's check everyone. Pull as, up Twitter. Okay, yeah, while okay, we're but... checking, while we're checking Twitter, as long as Carey Price is okay in with whatever he was dealing with, I think. Yeah, uh, as, obviously, is the most important thing. As long Whether as he's it takes ready, him thirty days or a year. For sure. There is nothing on Twitter, unfortunately. Um, there's just one funny. Can I say my funny thing? Yeah, good. So course. Greg Wyshynski said this. This was six hours ago, though. Oh, yeah. Mr. Hates Carey Price. Yeah, go ahead. Can't wait. No, 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 I love Carey Price. I hate him. He, um, Greg Wyshynski, he's like, I asked Anaheim Ducks coach Dallas Eakins about seeing Jack Eichel rumors. And oh, yeah. Dallas Eakins says, quote, it's kind of like whatever shows up in my Twitter feed. I read about what's going on in the New York Times. I see Bitcoin is hot. Then sometimes I, I read about how Jack Eichel is going to be traded to the Ducks, end quote. <laughs> God love Dallas Eakins. Um, oh, oh man. Um, we should mention because you're here. 
Congratulations, uh, we said it last episode, but yeah, you're here. Um, Ryan Getzlaff, the all-time yes. leading scorer in Ducks history. It is disgusting knowing he was almost traded last year, knowing how cold. Did you not mention it on the show, Daniel, that he was getting close to Solani? Yes, I did. I'm like, yeah. he's almost there, which is surprising to me because I think the trajectory of a lot of things where I always thought Corey Perry was going to eclipse it, but I know all the injuries and everything. Yeah, he's not even at 800 points, eh? No. Yeah, but it's okay, because he's basically the ha- the captain of the Habs without being there. No. I hope you're all right, Cole. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, but no, no, that's cool, man. Yeah, if he was healthy. Well, not to mention, it's Silani had, you know, been there from the start. Getzlav isn't touching him, but... No, yeah. If it wasn't for, like, the San Jose and Colorado him. years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious to think that, like, the 70-goal year in Winnipeg... And then, like, the year he took off knee surgery, go back to Colorado and has, like, an 80-point year, and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Do not talk about how good Solani is enough, I've noticed. Me? Um, I, I love the guy. I really do love the guy. It's yeah. just, I think, when it was already at the twilight of things, like, because I was still a kid, right? Like, I think I really did grow up when Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry and yeah. Jaguar. It's yeah. unfortunate all of Solani's records uh... – with the Jets are currently with the Coyotes, but that's always yeah, weird to me. Yeah. How funny story. is it that the Jets right now are like our all-time leading goal score? Not Solane, it's Line, and it's like he's then Line's not even on the team anymore. I'd like to say, okay, this is I know I use a lot of references from different sports, especially this episode, but mm-hmm. technically the records of the Seattle SuperSonics are owned by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then they actually planned a ceremony night to retire Gary Payton's yes. jersey. Yes. Yes. And he actually said no. Like I never played in Oklahoma. Like don't retire my jersey. I'll just wait for the songs to come back. Yeah, it's like raising a hundred year old banner. Yeah. Cool. No. Yeah, no. Number one for fans. Oh yeah. Can't wait to see how full this arena is when we've lost like five straight later in the year. But whatever. Um. Now that we're on final thoughts for a lot of things, I yeah. we forgot to mention one thing. We're just stretching it out to get the actual trade. Well, but yeah, okay, congrats to Pecorine. His jersey yes. will be retired. Oh, yes, yes. Who will be the first? Did- I have it screenshotted. He will be the first Predator to ever have his number retired. Weber will obviously be the second, but I think they kind of have to wait there because otherwise, if I think I think if he announces too early that he's done, I think there's going to be some cap recapture. It's like Gary Batman putting himself in the Hall of Fame while he's still, <laughs> <laughs> he's still uh, in the, uh, February the 24th, 2022. Um, yeah, that's cool. You know, that's, that's really nice. They did it nice and quick. Was that um, not announced before, like in the summer? Or am I just pretending? I don't know. I, maybe thinking of Lundquist. I think we just kind of agreed that it was going to be done. but oh, Maybe that's what happened. When he announced his retirement, we just assumed he's going to be retired. Which, I mean, fair enough. He's pretty good. Man, the tweets right now. Sorry, like, I know Pecorine. I love the guy. Um, amazing all... goalie. Yeah. Sorry, just, I'm so distracted by the Jack Eichel stuff. We all like, are. Some it's... of the tweets are hilarious. Like, just heard the Flames have traded the roof of the Saddle Dome for Jack Eichel. <laughs> They've sold uh, their their new arena. That's actually the, the the the. It's not the people of Calgary playing for the paying for the new arena. It's them paying for the Jack Eichel plane ticket now. Exactly. Oh um, my god! I just remember okay in semi pro. Remember when they get the uh, Ed Monix? They trade their washing trade machine the washing for him. Machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're equivalent. They're trading uh, Jack Eichel just for the roof of the saddle, though. 
Yeah, Calgary from now on will be playing in uh, negative whatever during the winter, and uh, everyone will be wearing fur coats. Yeah, I can't tell you how happy I am that we caught up to all the news because I have had stuff on my phone for two weeks, and I hate having extra pictures on my phone. I like having like 20 at most, and I've got 23 that's all eight. So it's clear. Okay. Uh, well, thanks, Buffalo, for not getting this done. And if that package is true, why is Brady Kachuk and why is Matthew not? He's so, by the way, uh, he's so not going to stay there long term. No. Like he's definitely going to Ottawa now. Or they're going to trade him to St. Louis. Louis at the end of the year for Tarasenko. Wow. No, because it, because Tarasenko is then going to leave there. But um, yeah, it's just a revolving door. Of- I know. Yo, I can't wait for Kevin Adams to look like a genius now because like his ownership wouldn't let him make a trade until now. He's basically going to be Joe Sackick now. Yeah, the Buffalo yeah. Sabers, the Eastern Conference, Colorado Avalanche in a year or two. Stop. No. Well, no, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's think of it, right? Well, they, they don't, have, good. A Nathan, yes, they, they don't yeah. have a Nathan McKinnon. They have Tash Thompson. That's, well, yeah, they will. They'll have Shane Wright. Well, no, no, because they're going to win the cup this year, obviously. Oh, yeah. Because Can you imagine good. if they actually make the playoffs this year? I will laugh so hard. Well, I, you know, it's almost like, is it not me or is it the, the position Buffalo are in this year? We kind of thought Montreal would be in. It's like bottom dwelling team compared to like maybe fighting for a wild card and you just kind of swap. That makes me really sad. You know, just, yeah. they're well coached. I can't wait for Don Granado to win the Jack Adams. If they make the playoffs, and I mean, there's yeah. like 70 yeah, 100% games. he's getting he's it. I, I, Skinner's going to get the heart. Yeah. I haven't even looked at his numbers. I know he scored a pretty nasty goal, like back came. Greg awesome. Anderson's going to win the Vesna, and, and then the two of them are going to win the Jennings. Is he like 42 yeah. now? And you, probably, around them. Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Buffalo, thank you. Um, this is going to break in the middle of the night, I have a feeling. Yeah, this screams an 11 p.m. trade. So you guys should stay up just in case we need to right. uh, We need to do that. Um, <laughs> Every time there's a, there's, there's a trade that should break, you know what we should do? We should be like a radio station. We just start playing music there's until there's like trade, a next update. Do we do an emergency podcast if Eichel's traded? Uh, if it's the deal that they announced, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully I can figure out what's wrong with my mic. That'd be nice. Okay. Um, thank you for listening to the show. You should download it on iTunes, by the way. That would help us out. And Matt, you don't know how much that would help us out. Oh, that um, would help us out a lot. It would. It would. Um, besides that. Um, you can check out the show on YouTube. Check out my YouTube channel. Check out Alex's blog, Daniel's stuff for CGRU and the like. Next Wednesday, people under Ryerson, go pick up a physical copy of the uh, – watch the article was not going to come out now. I'm going to look like an idiot. Anyway, um, that's coming. Um, keep your eyes out for the article trade. Check out the show's TikTok and whatnot. I really got to write a script for the end of the show. It kind of sucks. Uh, voice said, thank you for being a great platform as always. I haven't said that in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys. Geez. What? We love them. We do. Um, I don't love Buffalo right now. <laughs> but that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>